Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast. We are back for our final pre-recorded show in the middle of my vacation. At this point, I am likely heading home back to the great state of Maine, which I am sure at this point I am missing dearly. <laughs> it's uh, someone who, you know, I, I can be, uh, I'm an introverted extrovert. I can handle, you know, extrovert-based situations and scenarios, being out with people, going to events, road tripping like this. But at the same time, where's my comfort zone? Man, I like being at home. I like being on the couch with a girlfriend watching TV. I like being in my office streaming on Twitch. I like being able to just walk my dog around the block. Uh, I'm going to miss it, I'm sure. I'm, I'm missing it already, and I haven't even left. By the time uh, this show is up, I definitely would have been missing it. That said, again, today we are going to kind of finish up our recaps of the, the seasons that, uh, you know, weren't weren't so great, uh, is the best way to kind of phrase it, I think. Uh, we're going to be talking about the teams that did not make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Specifically, of course, in this episode, we're talking about the Pacific and the Central Division teams. Of course, if you missed it, uh, in the past two episodes, we have talked about the two Eastern Conference divisions, so check those out. If you have not already done so, and we will pretty much get down to business. Like I said, this upcoming Tuesday, we will be back. Endo, myself, maybe a guest, maybe Sin. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird time, but we will be back this Tuesday, and the podcast will be back to normal. Hopefully, for the rest of the season, might be a little bit busy in June. Time will tell. As we get into the show, of course, as always, a reminder, we are happy to speak about our sponsors at Manscaped. Of course, you can use code Toogie at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. That is code Toogie at checkout at Manscaped.com. Again, head to toe and anywhere in between, specifically your balls. Manscaped's got you covered. So again, make sure to use code Toogie at Manscaped.com. 20% off your order, and free worldwide shipping. Let's talk some hockey here, shall we? Now, obviously, by today, which will be April 22nd, goodness, by today, we are going to be well aware of every uh, team, I, I would say, that's making the playoffs. The Western Conference should be a little bit more clear. Um, you know, at the time of recording this, Vegas, Vancouver, both with eight games left, Winnipeg as well. So I'm sure that Western Conference wildcard situation will be decided. So I'm not going to have as many teams uh, to talk about today. It's pretty much just the bottom five in the Western Conference. We'll leave out Winnipeg, Vancouver, Vegas, uh, even the LA Kings if... Uh, you know, things kind of don't go their way. Now that Drew Doughty's out for the year, they could also be in a little bit of trouble. So the good thing is by that Tuesday, we should be able to kind of talk about the full playoff situation, which is going to be great. So for today, let's talk about the Western Conference. And we will start right now with the team that is at the bottom of this particular conference right now. That, of course, being the Arizona Coyotes. And... Man, when you talk about this season for the Coyotes, unfortunately, the primary thing that you're discussing is their arena situation and just what the hell has happened. You have a team 
that is going to be playing in an NCAA-sized rink that is smaller than some of the rinks that OHL teams play in. It's a conversation that has just been had over and over and over again. Me personally, I think it's well known at this point, I am on the side of keeping the team in Arizona for the moment. Because I do, you know, I do genuinely believe if they get that arena deal in Tempe, that it will work. It can't be understated how out of the way Glendale is for the majority of the population that would actually go to Coyotes games. I've mentioned it before. Granted, it was 10 years ago. Go watch their Western Conference Finals run and tell me they don't have fans and, co- and can't put fans in the building. The problem is this has been a pretty bad team for the past decade since then. However, while there's been some controversy surrounding Bill Armstrong and how he uh, conducts himself, he set this team up very well. They have three first-round picks, four second-round picks this year. And obviously, I mean, you know, you look at this team and they could have stripped away parts even more so than what they already did. I look at them now, though, and it's like, okay, what are you going to be moving forward? You know, like, the top line lately has been Nick Ritchie, who's actually done pretty well since being traded there uh, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Travis Boyd has actually been pretty good. Uh, and Nick Schmaltz has always been decent as well. Obviously, Phil Kessel's been okay. Uh, Clayton Keller was the star of this team before getting injured. And again, hopefully he's healing up well heading into next season. It's just this weird mix of a lot of young guys. And then it's like, oh, hey, Andrew Ladd is still on this team. They acquired Shane Gostisbear for nothing. What a pickup that's been. Boy, Philadelphia, you sure could have used a Shane Gostisbear rather than a Rasmus Ristolainen, huh? And then you have other guys like Giannis Moser, who stepped up, or Carl Vemelka in goal, who, granted, only has a 903 save percentage, but has been pretty strong at times this year. I just wonder what the direction is, and I say that because the big name for the team lately, of course, and heading into the deadline and beyond it, uh, Jake Chikrin. What's going to happen with him? You're talking about a 24-year-old defender who is very highly sought after. What is the deal? Are you keeping this guy to kind of be the leader of this defense, like I and many others think you should, or are you going to try to get that King's Ransom for him from a team, coincidentally, like the LA Kings? I don't know what to make of them right now. When do you stop tearing down to build up with what you have? And you know, it's like you have your Dylan Genthers in the system. You have some decent pieces, really. But when does when does that switch flip? And when do you go for it? And in terms of going for it, they're obviously going to have a mountain of cap space. You got $12.8 million coming off the books between Phil Kessel and Louis Erickson, another five and a half from Anton Strawman, uh, another 6.2 from Yaskin and Roussel. They're going to have all the money in the world. Who wants to go play there when they're going to be in an NCAA rink? There'll be some veterans that'll take the payday. But are you going to be able to weaponize that cap space in free agency? I don't know. So for that reason, for those reasons uh, combined, I am very intrigued to see what happens with the Coyotes in the next five months or so. Uh, 
I just don't know what to make of them right now. And I think a lot of Yotes fans out there kind of feel the same way, that they're stuck in a little bit of limbo right now, all things considered. The Seattle Kraken. One of the biggest what-ifs, I think, in NHL history. We look back on that expansion draft. Hindsight, and even in the moment, what is up with some of these selections? What are you doing exactly? You know, I still think it's inexcusable to have taken Gavin Bayreuther and let him walk for nothing, as opposed to taking Max Domi and trading him, because clearly there was a market for him. He got dealt at the deadline. Why don't you take Max Domi and get at least something? Ron Francis, as GM of this team, did redeem himself a little bit. You know, post-deadline now, uh, the Kraken have four second-round picks uh, this year, three next year, and then three fourth-round picks this year and next. Like, they have a lot of extra picks. They're going to have quite a bit of cap space uh, by the end of the year to weaponize. And, of course, they just signed Matty Beniers, the number two overall pick from last season. They're obviously going with that slow and steady approach, and that is fine. But at the same time, what could have been? Now, of course, we talked about, oh, Carey Price. In hindsight, yeah, that that wouldn't have worked, right? With hindsight, that, that wouldn't have worked out. You didn't take Vladimir Tarasenko either? Really? Like, there's just so... Many moves they made, so many moves that they didn't make. I bring him up often. I almost view this as a Mark Bergevin situation. You dug yourself out of a bad spot. But who is the reason as to why you're in that bad spot in the first place? Oh, it's your fault. You're the reason. You got a ton of draft picks, Ron Francis. But what is the reason why you didn't have a ton of draft picks in the first place? Plus, you could have had more draft picks. Maybe you could have pulled a Vegas. And that's not what happened. At all. This team was bad. Doesn't help that they were hope, you know, coached by uh, Dave Haxtall. Although, if you wanted them to be bad... Dave Haxtall is a pretty good coach to have. His Flyers fans can can tell you, and now Kraken fans can tell you as well. So it's going to be a slow and steady approach from them. This season, though, it's just kind of a shame. You know, I think this is all kind of what we thought would happen with Vegas, and now that it's happened to Seattle, it it just kind of sucks. So much hype. And it just as the season's gone on, you're like, oh man, they're gonna be they're gonna be bad. It's just like, okay, like you, you lost a bit of your shine already, at least for me. What about you guys? I was seeking out cracking games early on, and now I'm just like, eh, if it's on. So we'll see what happens with the Seattle Kraken moving forward. Uh, it looks like they're going to be bad for a while, which is by design. Sure, go for it. The Chicago hockey team. That's right. I'm one of those woke liberal cucks that thinks they should change the name and the logo and preferably team owners as well. What a piece of shit I am. How dare I? White knighting. 
All right, we'll, we'll get over all that shit. Just getting that out of the way. I, I can't imagine any of those people actually listen to this podcast. Although they might. Hate watching, hate listening's big on the internet. Chicago, I don't need to tell you what's going to come to mind when you think of their 2020-2021 season. You all know what's going to come to mind. Speaking from a strictly hockey perspective, looking ahead here, uh, this year, of course, they don't have their first round pick because of Seth Jones. Oh, oh God. Now, they do have, uh, you know, uh, Tampa two Tampa first in the mix uh, the next two years after. They do have two seconds in the next two years. They have three thirds this year. They're not horribly well off, but boy, what a year to not have your first round pick. And then obviously moving forward, eventually you're going to have to make a decision in terms of what happens with Taves and Kane. And look, you know, my opinion on them, much like it has for many other people, has soured. They are team legends. They are future hockey Hall of Famers. Like, you know, it's because I uh, am still rather disgusted at the way they handled the news coming out about the Kyle Beach situation. Uh, It doesn't take that away from them that they are great hockey players as a person yeah I have some questions but that's okay it's okay at the end of the day you know just because someone's good at something doesn't mean you have to uh necessarily respect them doesn't even necessarily make them bad people right it doesn't that could have been their lowest moment but boy what a low moment to have uh defending uh certain front office people of course I still look at this team though some decent pieces. I still say Alex DeBrinkett should be the next captain of this team. Uh, I still like Kirby Doc a lot. Seth Jones has been better. Uh, I don't know if he uh, was worth giving up a first round pick for and then signing to the nine and a half million bucks. They moved on from Marc Andre Fleury. They're not in a horrible spot in a general sense. They do have some pieces in the system. But again, moving forward, what are you going to do with the big names that remain? And what are you going to do? Because you don't have your first round pick this year. You also have no goaltending whatsoever. Colin Delia, Delia, whatever the hell. Kevin Lankinen, they're not it. Uh, Arvid Soderblom got rushed out of desperation. Kale Morris looks like he could be you know, another NCAA stud that just can't make it translate at the NHL level. They have Drew Camesso, uh, but he's 19 and a long ways away. So I... I have a lot of questions about this team, and honestly, I don't think they're going to be good anytime soon. I would be very, very surprised if they're able to turn it around anytime soon, especially to the point where they're trading away Brandon Hagel. And I don't think you're trading away Brandon Hagel if you have any expectations to be good within the window that would be Brandon Hagel's prime. So all in all, rough times ahead. Continued rough times ahead for Chicago. But again, outside of not having their first round pick, they're set up pretty well. San Jose. Shout out to the Sharks that have all three of their first round picks, by the way, over the next few years. This season will obviously be highlighted by the fact that Doug Wilson has stepped down. And again, best wishes to him. It's not in the set of circumstances that you would have liked to have seen an amazing tenure with the Sharks come to an end. Even though I've debated in the past whether or not he should have been around for this long. They have most of their core still signed now forever and ever. Amen. After re-signing Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer will be an RFA at the end of next year. 
I can't imagine a situation where they're a playoff team, though, <laughs> moving forward. You know, Sin and I talked about it on the show a lot, but, okay, you have James Reimer, Aiden Hill, Capo Kakinen. Like, James Reimer's probably going to go, so you can see between two 25-year-olds and Hill and Kakinen who the guy is. You know, if anybody, otherwise you are waiting for some of the other guys, like Magnus Krona, uh, who just won the NCAA title with the San Jose Sharks. Um, or with the with Denver. He belongs to the San Jose Sharks. He was drafted by them. Um, yeah, I, I can see some of the pieces they have in the system. Like, they still haven't signed Thomas Bordlow. And then, obviously, this year, like William Eklund, Dossie Weisblatt, uh, not quite there yet. Tristan Robbins. Like, they have some interesting young pieces. Are they going to be good enough in time to help carry an already 37-year-old Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, 31 years old, only played 48 games this year? He was great in those games, but Jesus Christ, and a poor guy cannot stay healthy. And then again, you have Hurdle, who's had injury concerns. Logan Couture is already 33. I just... I just don't see it. I view it as, again, they're pushing to not fully rebuild because they can't. But now we see the level that they're at... Because of the Burns contract, because and in fairness, it's eight million, but still, and you know, I, I will say, in fairness, the Burns deal, eight million is not bad. He signed until twenty twenty five. The Carlson deal, when he's healthy, still kind of worth it, but man, eleven and a half. Obviously, the Mark Edward Vlasic contract, seven million until twenty twenty six. It's all stuff that we've talked about before. I just don't see how the Sharks turn it around, even with some of the young talent that they have in the system. They are never really going to have that much cap space to work with to bring in big reinforcements. So you need those older guys to continue to be able to play well while also waiting for these younger guys to develop. It just feels like it hasn't worked in the past couple of years and still feels like that it won't. So I'm certainly a lot less optimistic here, right? A lot less optimistic about these Western teams. Arizona, it's probably going to be a while. Seattle, it'll be a while. Chicago, San Jose. And then there's the last team, Anaheim, who love to skill it up. A lot of draft picks, including a first from Boston for Hampus Lindholm. I think I'm pretty much in line with everybody else. Fairly optimistic about the future for this team. Now, I think this season might be most remembered for the fact that Ryan Getzloff has made it official. This is his final year. He's 36 years old. And that's that's just... It hasn't really set in yet. Like, oh man, Ryan Getzloff's retiring. Like, it sucks. It sucks. At the same time, Trevor Zegers, Troy Terry, Sonny Milano finally figuring it out, Isaac Lundstrom. You know, you did have a down note like Max Comtois kind of stepping back, but... You know, Drysdale on defense. Cam Fowler just turned 30, like, or not just turned 30, but is 30, so he's still got some good years left ahead of him. I guess you do have some questions over John Gibson. You know, and people be like, oh, it's the team in front of him. At the end of the day, John Gibson has a 904 save percentage in 51 games. Uh, Anthony Stolarz has a 920 behind the same team. 
I'm going to say John Gibson needs to be better. They have some damn good prospects in the system. Guys who you could still maybe consider prospects that are already on the team, at least young stars. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. And in terms of looking at the teams that we've mentioned in this episode, they're going to be good before the rest of them. I can't imagine they wouldn't be. I mean, Anaheim, obviously the best record out of the group so far. They spent a decent amount of time atop the Pacific Division this season. But at the same time, they have some holes to fill. And I just find it interesting. You know, three out of these five teams and the three most recent that we talked about, Anaheim, San Jose, Chicago, they were good for a really, really long time. And now, I mean, granted, Anaheim... You know, Anaheim made a... Made, what, a conference final run not all that long ago. Or at least the second round. Like, there was the series with Edmonton. It was like five years ago. Not all that long ago in the grand scheme of things. It's just interesting to kind of look at these teams and just be like, okay, you can kind of see who's going to still struggle to dig themselves out of this and who's already bouncing back and on the come up. So, positive uh, situation, I would say, for Anaheim moving forward. Although, uh... Please don't listen to Tamu Solani and get a bunch of get a bunch of goons. I'll let you know what you might have to. Because the Department of Player Safety and the League in general won't properly officiate. So yeah, you probably will need a face puncher or two to try and act as a deterrent for people not taking cheap shots at Trevor Seekers. Although that won't really stop people. Let's not get into talking about how screwed up this league is, shall we? Everybody with that, I think we have come uh, to the end of this particular uh, video, a particular podcast. I thank you guys very much for listening to this and for putting up with me for the past week now in this format. Again, we'll be back on Tuesday in our regularly scheduled format. Very much looking forward to that. Again, a big shout out to Manscaped for sponsoring the show. Use code 2 get checkout. And I will see you guys this Tuesday. In our normal format, Endo here will be making dumb memes, dumb jokes. I miss it. I miss it already. Thank you, guys.